It's Thursday, October 8th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, we had a chance to talk to Tito for the first time in almost two months. Uh, yesterday, we, we got about a half hour with him, the reporters from, from the Cleveland area did, and it was just great to see Tito, first of all, uh, on that Zoom call, and, and, and sort of, he, he felt like he was, he was back to normal Tito, at least talking to us. Uh, he's still sort of pulling through some things and, and not where he needs to be physically, but it was great to see his face and hear his voice for the first time in a while. Yeah, definitely, Joe. He's back home in Tucson. He's, uh, you know, got the green light to uh, travel from the docks in uh, Cleveland Doc in uh, Cleveland Clinic. And, um, you know, he said um, he's going to use these next seven or eight weeks or so to really get stronger, um, to, you know, just physically overall get stronger. And uh, so he can, uh, you know, get through a season which he is anticipating, you know, coming back and managing the tribe in 2021 and getting through the whole season, no matter how long it lasts. We still don't know if it's going to be 162 games or not, but uh, it sounds like Tito's uh, mind is in the right place and hopefully his body will catch up to that. Right. Yeah. That was the, the, the big takeaway from that was that the, the Tito, you know, he might not be where he needs to be yet, but, He's, he's focused on sort of the, the goals that he needs to reach in order to get there and, and wants to come back and uh, manage that season. He was, he was pretty much point blank asked if there was any time during the past, you know, 60 game season here, if he had thought about, you know, this isn't worth it to, to pack it up and just head home. Uh, and he was also asked point blank if, if this whole ordeal, uh, this year of, of up and down with his health, uh, you know, made him contemplate retirement. Uh, and, and to both, he sort of demurred. He, he said, no, you know, the, the, the docs at the clinic would, didn't want him to travel home uh, while he was still being treated. And he, he did admit that there were low points and where he did contemplate, uh, you know, maybe hanging it up. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, he was really sick. And, uh, you know, and he recounted some of the things he went through. And, you know, Joe, uh, <laughs> since the end of uh, spring training one, when he came back to uh, – Cleveland in March, he said he's undergone like nine to 10 to 11 procedures and, yeah, at Cleveland Clinic. I mean, you know, that he must be getting a discount rate over there or something. <laughs> but, you know, that is serious stuff, man. That is really serious stuff. And, you know, he said, and it sounded like, I don't know how you interpreted it, but, you know, the, the blood clot issue, you know, starting in late August. Uh, was the most serious, and he's, that was a reoccurrence of something, you know, he had uh, when he was, I think, um, managing in Boston, he had a blood clot issue, and uh, it, it reoccurred, and they, he had to do, like, three, three different surgeries, and he was in ICU for four or five days. Yeah, to, to quote Tito, he said, it, it got a little hairy there uh, for a while, so uh, this is not uh, to, something to make light of or, or, or take lightly, the fact that he's he's still with the Indians and still uh, you know the manager at this point because th things were touch and go there uh, a little bit. He he recounted how uh, that final road trip in Detroit uh, he couldn't get his shoe on because his leg had swollen up so much and that he uh, he felt like he was fidgety and that he was acting out of sorts a, a little bit. The guys were telling him he was he was cursing a little bit too much in the in the dugout. He said he. He dropped quite a few F-bombs, and, and uh, Mike Barnett, Barney, 
had to had to sort of you know check him a little bit but uh you know that that precipitated this he thought that he was dealing with uh you know a recurrence of a hernia and it turned out it wasn't a hernia it was it was blood clots uh, again and that sort of you know the light bulb went off for his uh, his treatment and, and everything at that point they realized where they needed to go with things uh yeah just the the, the struggle that he went through i don't think any of us will will ever fully comprehend this this year. But uh, where does that leave him in relation to the Indians now? You saw Sandy Alomar come in, uh, manage all but 14 games this year uh, for the team. Uh, we, we've talked about this on, on previous uh, podcasts here. Uh, will the Indians have some sort of contingency in place if Tito uh, indeed can't get through the season next year? Yeah, I'm sure they will, Joe. And we don't know, you know, A, Will Sandy be back next year? Will will another team come after him after uh, you know they saw what he did this year? I think they went what twenty eight and eighteen uh, under Sandy, and he led him into the uh, wild card round. Um, so you know that's something to keep an eye on. And uh, you know, will Brad Mills come back? Uh, uh, you know, he's he's his uh, longtime bench coach and his uh, you know college teammate from the University of Arizona. Uh, you know, he opted out because of family and health concerns this year. And uh, Tito said he's going to meet with uh, Millsy uh, next week in Tucson. They're going to spend some time together. And he said, you know, the job is always there if he wants to come back. And uh, 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 Ty Van Berkeley, you know, the Indians kind of veteran hitting coach. We still, he still is, we still don't know. We still don't have a clear picture on whether he'll be back as well. And I think a lot of, that depends on, you know, well, is the pandemic still, you know, kind of not raging, but well, I don't know, is it still, you know, active next year, uh, next season and what kind of, sh what kind of protocols are in place and how long this season, the season would last. Right. And, you know, whether or not we're going to have what looks to be like a normal spring training and uh, a normal off season in that regard is, is still up in the air and, and not decided yet. I think major league baseball, probably wants to get through this, uh, this playoffs here uh, over the next uh, couple, three weeks and, and before they decide and, and try to sort that out. Uh, you brought up Brad Mills. It, it sounded like, uh, you know, if anybody's reading the tea leaves or sort of looking into or in between what, what Tito was saying there, uh, it looks like Millsy is going to uh, come and spend a week out uh, with Tito in Tucson, and the two of them are just going to hang out for a while, have some conversations. Uh, you know, if, if I'm interpreting what, what Tito is saying, it, it sounds like Millsy's, you know, probably going to walk away. But if that does happen, you know, the, the job is always there for him. If, if, if Tito wants, you know, if he, if he has a change of heart, uh, it, it doesn't sound like, you know, Millsy will be back. If, if that's the case, you know, who could replace him as the bench coach? Who could be there, you know, sitting next to Tito, whispering in his ear and organizing and running things in camp and, and everything, uh, if, if Millsy is gone, is that something that Sandy Alomar might step into uh, as a role? Yeah, well, you know, the first year Tito managed, uh, came to Cleveland in 2013, Sandy was the bench coach. Then, uh, you know, uh, Millsy was, was coaching third base, then they made the switch the, the next year. Uh, you know, Mills, Mills is so valuable because, like you said, Joe, he's, he runs spring training, he sets it up. You know, he's really good that way and uh, kind of, you know, he sets the schedules. Everything kind of runs on, on clockwork by him. And, uh, you know, when he left last spring, uh, 
you know, lots of people, you know, joined in and, and uh, collaborated to, to make camp work. So I think, you know, if, if it isn't Sandy that would come to the, you know, be the bench coach, maybe uh, Mike Sarball, because it sounded like Sarvi did a great job, you know, helping Sandy out. He's coming from third base, got a long, long career of managing in the minors. Uh, I think that would help. But, you know, the, the relationship between uh, uh, Francona and Mills is so tight. Uh, you know, that's, that's a, that's, that would be a tough job to, he would, if Mills doesn't come back, that's a, that's a tough, those are tough shoes to fill. Right. And, you know, if I'm Tito and, and Mills decides not to come back, that's, that's literally his best friend in baseball. That's a guy, like you said, they were uh, teammates in college in Arizona. They, they played in Montreal together, pretty much every stop along the way that, that Tito has found success uh, as a manager in baseball, he's had Mills by his side uh, that's, that would be a, a, a pretty significant, uh, you know, blow to, to Francona's, uh, you know, staff if, if, if Mills isn't there. But we, we understand why, uh, you know, Mills missed this past season. The, the tragedy that, that befell his family uh, during spring training and, and him, he, him leaving then. Uh, and then just with the, the myriad health concerns over COVID-19, uh, just another reason why at, at his age, why he needed to, to head back and be with his family at that time. I don't think anybody would ever hold it against Brad Mills for, for deciding to opt out if that were what he decides to do uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, there's another kind of interesting situation here, Joe. You know, Tito really, you know, since his four years that he managed in Philly, you know, he really hasn't managed a young club, kind of a young club that isn't rebuilding but is on the, uh, you know, is on the cusp, you know, maybe has rebuilding is still in its rearview mirror, you know, just around the corner. And this could be, uh, this could be the Indians, uh, you know, kind of the state of the Indians next year, just from listening to uh, uh, Chris Antonetti talk about how, you know, they've lost tens of millions of dollars, you know, because of the pandemic. Uh, you know, we've seen what they've done the last three or four years with their free agent classes. They've, you know, cut loose those guys. And uh, it's really, you know, if they, it's going to be really interesting to see how Tito handles a, a younger club. If there's, you know, if there's, if there's like, if there's no veteran guys, like, you know, Cesar Hernandez, there's no mm -hmm. Car uh, Carlos Santana, you know, th there's none of those guys that he can rely on to, you know, just kind of keep things stable on the field and in the locker room. Well, and you know, it brings to mind, you know, what Ron Gardenhire just went through in, in Detroit, you know, coming in there and, you know, he had just so much, so many young players on that roster. He only really had uh, a handful of, of veteran guys like Miguel Cabrera on that roster. And, you know, Garden Hire, the, the health concerns uh, reared up at the end of the year, and, and he decided to walk away, you know, three games before the end of the season. Yeah, and that, that's a, you know, the Tigers were in a full rebuild, and usually that's what happens to the manager that brings in, that they bring in to uh, do the rebuild, if whether it's three or four years, two, three, four years, you know, and then when you just get it completed, the, the manager is, is so worn out from uh, doing his job that they, and they think they're going to contend, they fire him and bring somebody else in. And, uh, right. you know, I don't think, obviously, you know, the Indians and the Tigers are in a different spot, so... But, uh, and I think Tito, you know, has, has earned, uh, you know, if he wants to manage forever, for as, for as long as he wants to manage in Cleveland, I think the job is his. Right. Yeah. That's, that's something that uh, at this point, 
the, the track record that he has, I, I think it's, it's his job to say when he, you know, wants to walk away at, at whatever point. I, I, I don't see that as being a, an issue there. Uh, it was interesting. He, he did bring up just in, in recounting some of the things that he went through and, and Francona was asked about what it was like watching this team from a distance, being separated from them, uh, especially during that week when they had uh, a run of success there back at home, the final home stand of the season, uh, sweeping Chicago and, you know, uh, you know, going up against Pittsburgh and, and playing their way into the playoffs, into a playoff spot. Uh, he recounted a story about how he uh, uh, was in the hotel room, in the hotel bubble uh, with the, for the team there. It was not at the game when Jose Ramirez hit his uh, memorable walk-off home run uh, against the White Sox to, to rally the Indians into the playoffs. And he said it was sort of like that scene in uh, the movie Hoosiers where Dennis Hopper's character, uh, Shooter Fletch, he's, uh, he's, in the, he's in the hospital ward drying out because uh, they, they found him in the, in the river somewhere. And uh, he's jumping up and down on the bed, I guess, uh, more like Lou Brown in, in Major League Two. But <laughs> Could you imagine Terry Francona yelling and screaming, uh, listening to the or watching the, the result of that? And, and, you know, he said he knew because the, the fireworks had gone off right before the home runs, before he saw it on TV, because it was only two blocks away from the ballpark. Yeah, that, that, that would have been a good scene that would, right there. And then he said, you know, you know I'm only two weeks away, two blocks away from the, from, uh, the team and, and the ballpark and all the celebration. But he goes, I might as well have been 2,000 miles away from all the help, for all the help I did to, you know, for, for what I could do to help the team. And that was kind of a poignant, uh, poignant remark, I thought, you know, that kind of captured, you know, just kind of what he was going through. And, you know, you're, you're, you've managed this team for, uh, what, eight years, eight years, and you've, uh, you know, led them to the ups and downs, led them to the World Series, the three division titles to the postseason. And now when they're getting near to another, you know, they clinch another postseason berth, you're not there. You know, you're, you're in a hotel, you know, two, two, two blocks away and everybody's celebrating but you. Yeah, and, you know, for those of us who, who interact with, with Terry Francona on a, on a regular basis and, and know just how much he takes home every loss with him and, and how it, it affects him and how, you know, just how, how it's just such a part of him. Uh, it, it's hard to see. And it was, it, it's hard for us to even wrap our brains around what he must've gone through this year. Uh, so any sort of like glimpse of him, you know, just sort of celebrating or, or feeling good about the, the club, uh, you know, it, it definitely sets your mind kind of at ease, I guess. Uh, we, we would be all in a, in a better place if, if COVID-19 and this crazy season hadn't happened and everything had gone normal, uh, but it just didn't work out that way. And, you know, uh, credit to, to Terry Francona that he's got the attitude that he wants to keep working hard and, and get back to the place where he can, you know, sort of be the manager again and, and, and run this team the way he knows how. Yeah, and, you know, Joe, this guy's a, like a medical marvel. <laughs> I mean, he's had both knee, both knees replaced. After the 2016 World Series, he had his right hip replaced. And now he's talking about, after going through all this stuff, you know, 10 operations, whatever, you know, he's talking about if, if he's healthy and feeling strong in January, 
he wants he's talking about having his left hip replaced because you know he's experienced some pain there i mean this guy I, you know he wants to improve the quality of his life and god almighty god bless him you know but yeah. Tito, take it easy a little bit here. Just get strong right now and and see how you feel in January. Well, I thought one of the uh, one of the lines that he uh, he said he's always good at at sneaking a good one in there uh, during his his conferences. Uh, he said limping's better than being horizontal. So uh, you know if it comes down to choosing between having that that hip replacement surgery or uh, you know if he can't do it because he doesn't want to have to go through the blood clotting again, uh, he's he's probably going to. <laughs> you know, pick the sore hip over, uh, you know, not being able to, uh, you know, pick the sore hip over pushing up daisies, I guess, is what he was getting at. Yeah, I mean, you just didn't want to be bedridden for, you know, like two or three or four weeks, definitely. All right, so let's, let, so let's, it's, just, it's, uh, I'm sorry, let, let's throw out, uh, you know, this thought here. Are the Indians better off with Terry Francona as the manager heading into next season? Is Is that, uh, the, the best position for the Indians uh, if, if he's the guy in charge and, and able to do that if he's healthy? Yes. I, you know, I think he's, he's proven that this guy's, a, you know, probably a Hall of Fame manager. I mean, what, 16 straight winning seasons? Um, you know, he's managed the Phillies. He's managed Boston. He's managed the Indians. He's been to three World Series. Uh, you know, I think 10 or 11 postseason appearances. You know, this is the guy you want in the dugout. And uh, it's, this is his team, as, you know, Sandy Alomar readily admitted time after time. And, uh, you know, he knows, he knows what buttons to push. He knows these guys, um, you, know, but, you know, but as we said before, this is going to be, this could be a vastly different ball club, you know, except for that young pitching, the good young pitching, you know, how are they going to score runs? That's the question. Mm -hmm. are they, you know, how many runs are you going to score? I mean, it, this was a brutal offense, Joe. You know that from trying to watch this offense in 60 games. That was that was <laughs> difficult. I mean, they, they played, what, 10 different outfielders, and those guys hit a combined 196. Oh, 196. Joe, that's that's impossible to do. And so, you know, that's, that's something that, that I don't know if Terry can, has a magic wand, but, uh, you know, that's something he's going to have to cope with. Well, he's, he's, you know, fond of telling us he doesn't have a crystal ball. I'm imagining if he doesn't have a crystal ball, he doesn't have a magic wand. Uh, you, said, you said it was, it was tough to, to, to try and watch these things. It was, it was harder to try and not throw things at the television screen while watching these things during, uh, you know, the, these guys try to hit the ball during the season. Uh, that's the, the level of frustration. Imagine what it was like for Terry Francona, you know, not only being – hopped up on painkillers and uh, anesthetic, uh, you know, throughout the experience. But then uh, to, to have to watch his guys struggle the way that they did to even, you know, when their, their pitching staff was holding teams to, you know, two, three runs in a game, not to be able to put runs on the board uh, had to be completely frustrating for, for Tito and all involved. Uh, all right. Well, you know, I guess we're at the point right now where it, it's the postseason is – sort of watching and waiting uh, as the games go on in, in the, the bubbles in California and Texas and, you know, anticipating the award season coming up. And then, you know, we've got Hall of Fame uh, debates and discussions that'll be, be cropping up uh, as I'm sure we can, you know, bring up the, the Omar conversation once again. Uh, but then, you know, we're, we're 
getting in deep into the off season there, uh, as as this is sort of the the point where we put a put a bow on the Indians 2020 season and everything else we do is starting to look ahead to 2021. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, it was uh, you know it was an interest. It was an unusual season, obviously, but you know the Indians still what 35 and 25. They they finished second in the division. They still had a solid season. Uh, despite, you know, one of the worst offenses in baseball. And, uh, you know, we saw some encouraging things from the pitching, from the mound again, Shane Bieber, uh, Zach Plesak, Carlos Carrasco, you know, bounced back. Uh, you know, Aaron, Aaron Savali had, you know, was good. Uh, you know, we saw, you know, great, great, you know, the potential of a young, young closer in James Karinczak you know, good veteran leadership from Brad Hand and, and Oliver Perez. We don't know if those guys will be back. But, uh, you know, all in all, it was, it was a satisfying season that ended a little too soon, Joe. I thought, I thought they may have had a chance to beat the Yankees, but that they just offensively, you know, it was weird because everything worked in the opposite in, in the postseason, which mm-hmm. – you know, they scored the second game. They scored. They scored runs. But you know, Brad Hand, you know, blew the save in the in the ninth. And in the first game, Shane Bieber, you know, got knocked around uh, coming out of the gate, and they really never recovered from the Yankee. You know, against the Yankees. Right. Well, uh, as as we move forward here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast, we'll uh, be joining you again uh, five days a week in the off season. And uh, I think tomorrow we might uh, we might try something a little fun, just uh, doing uh, you know a top five list uh, for for highlights and a top five list for lowlights uh, from the 2020 campaign. So uh, join us again tomorrow. We'll be back with you, and we'll wrap up the week here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Yeah.